So I believe the working title for this episode is Season 1, Episode 1, Fountains of Jeff, in which... Oh, no, please. No, I was going to say, that's correct. This is a soft launch for a spinoff podcast. Uh, Yeah, entitled Fountains of Jeff. We were all there when I said it the first time. Uh, We will be going through Jeff Rosenstock's entire discography. He's a very prolific man, uh, so it is mighty and lengthy and could maybe get us going for another three to four years. (laughs) Yeah, we... We added up all of the songs that Jeff Rosenstock has ever made. And just because Jeff Rosenstock's a bit of a niche person, why don't we kind of explain who Jeff is before we get into, like, the breadth of his work here? I I think um, a a very explaining fact about Jeff is that if we made a show called Fountains of Jeff, he would hate it the most out of anybody. <laughs> he would be very upset. Like uh, like a podcast with the mission to shine more light and awareness and make Jeff Rosenstock more popular, like that would be his biggest nightmare. Yeah, every interview you hear with Jeff, um, they ask him a question and he's like, uh, I don't know, St- I don't know, stop, I don't know, stop asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And while we introduce Jeff Rosenstock, I think it would also be a mighty good time to introduce our very special guest, Eric Gandalf. Do you want us to use your last name or should we do a violent beeping sensor? I don't care. You guys say it every episode anyway. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Eric outed himself as a Patreon patron. So we do say his full name every episode. So here it is in all its glory. Eric Gandalf. That's not how you pronounce your name. Uh, Not at all. But thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, Eric made a cameo on, I believe, our Mexican wine episode. No, no. Bright, sorry, Bright Future in Sales. Come on. It's Bright Future. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Our Bright Future in Sales episode. Yes. So loyal fans of the show will remember Eric. Um, he is a dear friend of ours and also a Jeff maniac. I think it's safe to say all three of us are total Jeff heads. Um, I know podcasting is a uh audio format so people listening at home don't know this but so i'll tell them right now we are all wearing jeff rosenstock t-shirts right now that we have bought at the most recent jeff rosenstock shows we've attended which were not the first jeff rosenstock shows we've attended (laughs) we've seen jeff rosenstock cumulatively i don't know like 10 times or something definitely more than that i mean i've seen him at least four or five times with you alone and Um, i saw him one time without you yes fuck you sorry it was a free show it was a free show in brooklyn i lived in brooklyn i'm sorry i also don't think i listened to jeff yet so it's totally that was early days that was early it's also the only time i've seen pup live fuck you which i'm trying to correct they're coming on tour to new jersey and they are playing on a monday we're gonna see what we can do yeah (laughs) um so yeah we're huge jeff fans uh jeff rodenstock uh musician guitar player songwriter singer multi-instrumentalist uh renaissance punk rocker from long island uh probably the uh most significant songwriter from long island since billy joel safe to say don't (laughs) at me or do at me i'll fight anybody on on that claim um and it's big saying like me and eric are from new jersey and there's an unspoken kind of soft rivalry between long island and new jersey i think this 
uh, idea. Unspoken, except on this podcast where you've spoken about it. I have spoken about it on this podcast, yeah, because you've recorded episodes of this podcast at Friend of the Show, Connor's house, uh, and Connor yeah. uh, is from Long Island as well. So uh, this podcast has been, technically this podcast has been recorded on Long Island. So, you know, uh, very Fountains of Wayne of us and very Jeff Rosenstock of us. But yeah, I mean, me and Erica from New Jersey, we love Jeff. We love the uh, Long Island uh, sound, uh, both the body of water that separates <laughs> Connecticut and, Lo- and Long Island uh, and the Long Island sound uh, music aesthetic that Jeff embodies with uh, all of his projects. <laughs> so, yeah, so... We put all of Jeff's songs in that document, and it became apparent to us. We knew Jeff was a busy guy who's been working for a long time, but I think the three of us, even us, like, mega fans of Jeff, we underestimated just how many songs he has written uh, between his first band, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, which is a ska project, uh, into Bomb the Music Industry, where he recorded a bunch of albums during the Bomb Days, and then he was in a band called Kudro that we kind of didn't even know about and haven't even really heard. Uh, and then obviously into his solo stuff and then into Antarctica Vespucci, which is the band he has with Chris Farron. For the sake of our document, we only included songs which Jeff wrote or like, you know, were part of like Jeff driven projects because he's also in a band called pegasus's xl which is totally lost on me but seems to be like kind of an electro rock band but i don't know if jeff like writes the songs on that i can't track them down any information on them i don't know it doesn't feel jeffy enough to include here and uh he's in the bruce lee band but that is more of a mike park project with kind of jeff just supporting the mike park vision Uh, and of course mike park is in death rosenstock the jeff rosenstock band so they're just buddies helping each other out so yeah we have the arrogant sons of bitches bomb the music industry kudro jeff rosenstock the solo project and then Spucci on the list i forgot the total number i was gonna put it at the bottom of the document grace do you remember when we uh, added i think that? i have it do you have it pulled up at ryan's station uh, 234 songs. 234 <laughs> songs. Uh, for for reference, Fountains of Wayne's studio discography is at 69 songs. And I mean, that's not including all of the work that Adam Schlesinger did for songwriting. So uh, the number would be higher if it was an Adam Schlesinger if it was just an Adam Schlesinger podcast, however, still crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it was like, an, if we included all the Adam stuff, if we included all the solo Jody stuff, all of Look Park, it, yeah, it, the number might yes, start looking more yeah, like this. Right. Um, but yeah, so we have this absolutely massive Google document. Before we get into like generating a song, I mean, do we just want to talk like Jeff appreciation? How did we get into yeah, Jeff? Yeah. Yes. And like, why do we like Jeff so much? I don't mm. mind opening with... Tyler showed me Jeff, um, ironically enough. So I remember we were in, I think, Red Bank for a film thing, and I was driving you home, and you're like, hey, have you heard of Jeff Rosenstock? Which I didn't know who Jeff was at the time, but if we go even further back to when we were in high school, I was given a list of bands to look at, and one of them was Bomb the Music Industry. For some reason, I didn't pick up on Bomb at the time. I remember I went to our local FYE and was like, hey, do you guys have Bomb the Music Industry? And they were like, no, we're not going to stock something called Bomb the Music Industry, which I get it's whatever. Um, I never ended up looking into that, though. And I'm happy I didn't because I don't know about anyone else here. I have like a horrible 
connection to music in high school. Like I can't listen to like Bouncing Souls anymore or like Rancid or like any other bands I was really into in high school. Just can't like can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. Not really now that you mention it. I think like yeah. Yeah. Like I'll put I don't on... think I made that association until this moment, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of pain in that music. <laughs> right? Because like I loved Bouncing Souls, especially like especially being from New Jersey. But like I put them on now, and I'm like, yeah, they're good. But like I don't really ever want to listen to them ever there, again. Yeah. I I have a little yeah. bit of that. I definitely have a little bit of that yeah. too. Um, but so anyway, I knew about Bomb. Never got into them. Very happy I didn't. Because if I had that taken away from me i would be (laughs) ruined um but tyler is the one that showed me he started me with worry probably the best jeff album but also a very popular opinion so i'm okay to let that go i agree with that as well i think worry is the magnum opus in a sea of brilliant albums i think worry is the strongest yeah so i mean I'm. I, I would like to move it to Tyler after that. After he's the one who got me into this whole mess. <laughs> I'm happy to be the one who who spread the the Jeff bug there. Um, I think I got into Jeff because I just kind of like keep an eye on like what people are excited about on the internet in terms of music, and I look at music blogs, I look at music YouTube. Now I look at music TikTok. Although th- this was like probably 2015, 2016, this was coming on my radar, so there was no music TikTok yet. And I just, it was right when Worry came out. It had just come out, and it, in the punk circles, it was making a lot of uh, buzz. It was generating a lot of buzz. And so I finally was like, all right, I keep seeing this, like, album art everywhere. Like, it's making a lot of year-end lists or, like, you know, halfway through the year lists or whatever. And I'm just going to give it a try. I've never heard of Jeff Rosenstock before, but I'm just going to give it a try. And so I put the album on, I listened to Worry front to back, and was, like, blown the fuck away. Like, I was just, like, I, I could not believe how good it was. There's a ska song tucked on the album, and before I knew Jeff's background, I was like, oh my god, there's just, like, a ska song on this album, and it, like, absolutely rips, and it's amazing. And so I was just blown away. So then I did a deep dive on Jeff, and I pieced it all together because I saw he was the guy from Bomb the Music Industry, who I never knew his name was Jeff Rosenstock, but I knew the from being a ska kid in high school. Me and Eric were went to the same high school for so, ska so kids sadly. together. Uh, <laughs> for a little while. For a, yeah, for a time. <laughs> That's a great point. I did drop out of high school. I only made it two years. <laughs> so uh, they're going to use a bunch of words like, I don't know what they mean. And then you became a ska adult uh, overnight. <laughs> Um, a ska adult, uh, no such thing, no such thing. You can't be an adult and love ska. You're a kid at heart forever if you love ska. Aw, cutie. Um, but yeah, so we were huge ska fans. All of our friends were huge ska fans. And there was, a, like, a small contingent of our friends who liked Arrogant Sons of Bitches for sure. I remember in middle school, it was the first time I heard about Arrogant Sons of Bitches and the first time I heard some of those songs, like, 7th or 8th grade. And I remember the album art with the balloons on the sky. Um, and then I remember we had a friend, our friend Brian from high school oh my god yeah yeah brian was a huge bomb fan and i remember him telling me in like ninth grade or something he was like there's this amazing ska band they're called bomb the music industry all of their music is for free online and you can't buy it at fye or anywhere like that because it's this like anarcho idea of like everything should be free and like music belongs to the people and he's just going on and that like blew my mind and so i remember like I think I downloaded some of their songs, but I I was so used to, like, the commercial kind of capitalist format of music that, like, it's it's not that I didn't take it as seriously, but I just – 
it just seems so like other to me and my like 14 or 15 year old brain like downloading bomb the music industry songs for free i was like if i can't buy this and own it as a cd like i don't i don't know how to understand it as music uh like as a music experience because my favorite thing i used to love like going and buying a cd and like reading the liner notes and like putting a cd in and downloading it on my (laughs) ipod it it was like that was my that was my favorite it's like a ritualistic thing like i was ready i was I, i was like i'm surprisingly like i'm aggressively behind most things especially in the world of progress and technology but I was surprisingly ready for music to be on my computer. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, fucking iTunes, let's go." Well, I was I'm, fine with iPod, that. Come on, I would. I loved the th- that I could have it both ways because I would go and buy a CD, and then I could put the CD in my CD drive on my computer Ugh. and download it on to iTunes. So, like when I went on yeah. the bus to go to school, I would listen to my iPod Classic, and I had my whole CD collection downloaded in high quality. Ready to go. And then when I came home, I could just put on the CD. Or when I was in my car, I could, you know, go through a uh, CD. And it's also worth noting, like, this is by the time... Well, okay, so this is, like, mid to late 2000s in, in the aughts. And at this point, the CDs were dying. The CD age was coming to, like, a rapid close with iTunes being introduced to the market. And it was, like, already pretty profoundly, like, out of touch and uncool to be buying CDs. Uh, but all of our friends were doing well, that. I was going to say, that's why we did it. Right. That was part, part of it was cool. No, it was because we were oh fighting. Gosh, yeah. We were fighting the popular uh, trend. And you, or your dad, lived walking distance to FYE. And so I know you spent a lot of time there. You had a friend who worked there. And, well, yeah. Like, and, I, I mean, I personally just spent loads of time there. When I was in middle school, I would, like, beg my parents to bring me there. Not to buy CDs, because they didn't. <laughs> but just to... Uh, just so I could roam the aisles and, like, stare at them. Well, it's like, that FYE in particular, Tyler and I were actually talking about this the other day, when they closed, uh, probably, like, 15, 12 years ago, I don't know, um, we actually did a lot of dumpster diving in their dumpster, and, like, because, you know, <laughs> FYE sold everything. Yes. They, they sold, like, CDs and, like, the... the Movies. DVDs and, and all that kind of stuff. So like, that's where I got all the Jaws movies and <laughs> saw eight for Tyler for Christmas in 2019 that I didn't give him until March 2021. A so, proud part of the collection now. I really forget right, that FYE still exists sometimes because we moved to a certain area of New- northern New Jersey that I will not specify. You guys already know my last name. Um, that <laughs> like my fiance and I like we went to that mall and there was an FYE and like what. <laughs> There's still, there, I, I thought it was gone. Yeah. I just assumed ours closed. Yeah. They're all gone. No, there's like, like a when you lot see... around, actually. I, at uh, many malls I've been to, they have an FYE, yeah. which I'm always like, oh, that's cool. We lost our FYE, but like, whatever, the, you know, uh, uh, Willowbrook Mall or whatever still has one. I don't know. If, uh, I haven't seen one in, in life in a long time. <laughs> it's sad now. Like, it's not. It's not the same. Yeah. 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 It's definitely more. Like anime merchandise, like it, every other store is now, yeah. which is also fine. Which is but fine. Also, they're it's just not like shrugging their shoulders and being like, "We're superfluous. You all have us at home. Like, enjoy the aisles." Yeah, it's become like just a general pop culture store in which the way that so many is. of those. Hot yeah, it's kind of the same as Hot Topic without yeah. like the gentle goth theme. It's a Funko Pop pop up. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it's much. Just there to sell Funko Pop keychains of John Cena. Yeah, and like uh, Pocky and like Japanese candy yeah. for some reason. And, and then there's like yeah. some new CDs in the back that are still kind of fun. They're like, through. we only sell candy that like no one brings to the movies. <laughs> yes. None of like the stereotype movie candy anymore. None of the popcorn bins that Blockbuster had. Just like 
Yeah, Pocky and like gummy cheeseburgers. I say Pocky and then like the the anime energy drinks, like which like, uh, like where the, do those like come the from? Simpsons like Duff beer. It's like oh, really it's like energy a bad, bad energy yes. drink. And like I actually bought one of those the other day. And, like it's not good. Don't do it. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's not bad. I was, I was really wanting that. To I mean, be good. Like, it was yeah. fine. I want it to be good. I'm rooting for. I it. I would never buy it again. But like you know, it, it's just weird. Like, you have to like save the can and preserve it forever. I think I actually have it on my kitchen counter right now because i'm like because I, I it wasn't the simpsons duff beer it was um like an, an anime drink but it's like it's like shrink plastic wrapped on there like it's not even printed on the can it's just like it feels awful it's like, the same energy drink probably as all the other anime i would drinks. guess you should do a, a side-by-side taste I, test except like everything there that's edible is like five times as expensive as any competing store like you can buy pocky there for like six dollars and it should be like 350 <laughs> or free if you steal it right or free if you steal it which is easier at the grocery store than at an fye maybe uh, the employees at fye famously uh pretty chill pretty pretty don't care what's going on in the store very much yeah, you can try that tomorrow <laughs> yeah i remember like I, I remember being in seventh or eighth grade probably seventh grade and going to fye with my dad and i had saved up some birthday money and i wanted to buy a cd and I was going to buy um, an Ozzy Osbourne CD and a Iron Maiden CD because this was during my seventh grade, like, classic metal phase. And my dad was looking at it. My dad, like, liked, likes that kind of music and thought it was cool. But he was looking at the uh, Iron Maiden one and it's all – it was Number of the Beast. It was all, like, satanic stuff. And he was, like, looking at me being, like, 13 and was like, ah – Mm. Uh, is this okay? And my dad's, I think, a pretty lax parent, pretty cool. He probably would have allowed it. But a cool, like, teenage employee walked up and was like, hey, it's a classic. He should have it. And my dad is like, yeah, okay, okay. And she, like, kind of convinced him for me. So I, I really am in debt to the cool older FYE uh employees with the dyed red hair who look out for the little uh you know younglings just entering alternate one in every fye and every mall across the united states keep your eyes peeled and when you go in there save your red haired unnaturally red haired fye employee yeah with like a nose ring take me in your arms it's like adopt the highway but fye employees yes yes adopt me (laughs) be my mommy (laughs) someone please yeah the first jeff song i ever heard was i did something weird last night and i believe josh showed it to me friend of the show josh and my college roommate hi josh if you're listening yeah getting married in september (laughs) crazy um crazy wow yeah we're fucking ancient well getting um, married in september and then both of you are in my groomsman party in october yeah. what so i should probably just like move I, I don't know like actually there's no good place to move to be ready for both those things but um yeah we're looking forward to a lot of stress and happiness in the upcoming autumn season uh so shouts out josh who showed me amazing song i did something weird last night um he was moving me out of my Northampton apartment. Josh offered, Josh lived like, how many, he lived like two hours away from me at the time. And he offered to come move me out of my Northampton apartment into my other Northampton apartment. And he was just like adding songs to my Spotify or like we were driving around in his car and like 
he put that on. And I think the thing that I love most about Jeff is that he's just not afraid to be fucking disgusting. Like anybody who like writes a whole verse about like shitting on crown molding and like coming on the window screen and like like anyone that just like wants to go to like the underbelly of the universe, like I'm I'm always there for. That reminds me that I thought I was pretty conclusive with adding the Jeff Rosenstock singles that didn't make albums, but you forgot Dramamine, didn't you? No, I remember Dramamine. I forgot I'm so gross. Oh, you're right. And and it's a good thing you said that, Grace, because otherwise I would have forgot it. God, I really thought I was being okay. It's it's really hard. Okay, so do we have to? Maybe we ignore singles. Maybe we just do albums. Grace, it's too late. It's on there. 235 songs. One of them is I'm so gross. It's just it's one of those like in between worry (laughs) and. I think in between while we're talking about Jeff being disgusting I'm so gross has to be on there I will say I think you guys are much more off book with Jeff I've been to two concerts one with you guys one with my sweetie pie slash producer Ryan recently Um, I know Jeff's solo stuff I know Antarctica Vespucci um, and I think that kind of kicks it for my Jeff Rosenstock knowledge. Like, bomb. First time I heard it was because Eric, our dear friend, compiled the studying for this episode that you're all enjoying. And bomb. The music industry was on there, and I was like, "Fuck, cool, okay." And it's amazing. But first time hearing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much Jeff. Like, I there's yeah. It's he's one of those artists where like it takes forever to get to the bottom of him. Uh, and most times artists like that freak me out because it's like, oh my god, I'm never going to be able to have a full understanding of this. Like, we have a friend, our friend Lee, is obsessed with Nick Cave, and he's always like, dude, you gotta get into Nick Cave, like, listen to these seven albums. I'm like, it's too much, I'm overwhelmed. I <laughs> watch his documentary, it's too sad to watch yes. seven minutes of. Yes, <laughs> which he has done, he has literally said that to me. And oh, of course, no, I, like, bought it on Amazon and watched seven minutes of it and was like, get me the fuck out of here. That is an like, act of self-harm. <laughs> I know, I know, I know it. Um, so yeah, as Jeff is like one of the only artists that has an absolutely massive multi-project spanning catalog where I feel pretty off book. But even that said, there are entire bomb albums, there's probably like two or three bomb albums with songs I've probably never heard or just heard randomly shuffled at some point that but like you know, even even I, I consider myself a big fan, and I there's probably bomb songs I haven't heard or well, definitely like, couldn't describe to you right now. When I was making that playlist of all the Jeff songs, there was like two bomb singles where I was like, I've never heard this before. Cool. I <laughs> hope, hope it doesn't get chosen for the song. This is awful. <laughs> and then, and then I think you guys showed me Antarctica Antarctica Vespucci because. You guys were going to the concert, and I don't even know. I was just, like, there, but I don't even know why the fuck I came. I think you were both like, you should come because the whole album's about email, and you're an old person. And then, like, you bought me the bumper sticker with Love in the Time of Email. Rest in peace. And it was on my Volvo forever, even though it wasn't supposed to be a bumper sticker, so it was peeling off constantly, but we did it. That was because you were in New Jersey because I was recovering from a hernia repair surgery (laughs) and we had already bought tickets to see Antarctica Vespucci and so uh, you guys were like, are you going to be able to come? And I was like, yeah, it's two weeks after my surgery which is like officially the point I'm like technically allowed to do stuff Um, and so we like had a very gentle concert going experience like kind of standing in the back being like that was like the first time we're like, we're like, we can stand and I 
I think we'll be okay. Yes, it was the first time I had stood for more than, like, a few minutes in, like, two weeks. Uh, and it was my kind of introduction back into the world. I'm just realizing, too, I bookended that experience with concerts because the night before my surgery, literally the night before my surgery, I went to see uh, Tenacious D at the <laughs> King's Theater in Brooklyn, uh, where I bumped into friend of the show, Nick, uh, and his family, which who I didn't know were going to be there. I'm not surprised. Yeah, they love Tenacious D. Um, I went with my, uh, with a friend from college, uh, who is named Brian, but is not the Brian friend from high school, whatever. Uh, and then I had two weeks of being sore and hanging out with Grace and watching movies for two weeks straight. And then we signed our to go with Spucci. So isn't that guys when you also started, uh, prior to Fountains of Splain, uh, letters to Jaws? I oh my god not to bring up old <laughs> like, projects but like i still follow them on instagram and i'm waiting for something new. there'll be a comeback one of these days oh my gosh i'm so upset that you brought that up in a public <laughs> sphere is that when that started i'm gonna um, double check wow, that while um, you guys talk uh now that we've been outed yeah we have a before we do me and grace have had many <laughs> hair-brained ill-informed uh ideas for projects this is the one found to display and started the way they all do which is us in like a feverish fit of like you know th- that's why we have a bad idea segment on our podcast is because most times when we're talking we're just generating bad <laughs> ideas uh yeah. and this show is the only one that's turned into like a real idea that's been like pretty constructive and consistent and real this is the only real. one that exists like yeah. basically our text message chain is just bad ideas what if we did like... this oh, no no what if we did this no no what if we did yeah. this and one of them was a instagram page called letters to jaws where we uh i don't know grace you talk about it i can't do it <laughs> Um, wow, <laughs> letters to the whole God. <laughs> the fundamental idea behind letters to Jaws was that we were two passionate movie fans slash citizens who wanted to complain about how mean, intentionally villainous and or inanimate movie character this is impossible it was a bad idea it was like it was a terrible idea and therefore it's impossible to explain using words um it was an instagram page it may be made more sense in in the format of instagram but not not really we wrote letters to like characters or like things in movies uh, to complain that they were mean to other things in the movie. <laughs> right. I like, do we have it the in first front of me one. Right now. <laughs> the first oh one was God, to no. Jaws. The first one was obviously to Jaws. Tyler wrote a very touching one to the wood chipper in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it was like kind of, it was like weirdly, a. Per- it was like, I, gu- I guess like slightly a performance art experiment. And like, we were like, we were like workshopping these characters for like a performance we're going to do someday for like a play. Well, not like a play, but like an experience that we're going to write like one day. Like, I-, I feel like we like have these characters that we drop into like in casual conversation that like we've been using for years and we've like kind of used in plays before and like they just always do stuff so like this just now sounds like we have like dissociative identity disorder but yeah because we um, were writing those letters like as full as characters that were way more thought out and like and like yeah and not characters in the movies that yeah it's yeah terrible it was crazy it was a crazy time i don't remember any of them other than jaws and the wood chipper 
Oh, I remember. I think the last one I did was uh, there's a scene in Roma with a very narrow garage, and I wrote one to the garage for stressing me out for being so narrow. That is the My last published God. one, and I just <laughs> wow. I will I will end it on this because I clearly brought up a sore spot. Uh, my favorite letter was to cocaine. <laughs> cocaine in, in what? It was dear cocaine, you coy seductress. You. <laughs> Oh, because one of there was a part of Grace's character was that she was like, like you were like a recovering or like a a relapsing cokehead or something, probably. Um, Or yeah, and that you were always kind of like protecting me. Like my character was a little more naive. Uh, I don't was was it cocaine from a movie? Um, there's a lot to unpack here. I can't tell. <laughs> um, the caption doesn't really give oh, me a lot to go off of. Either. Manchester by the Sea. That's that's it. Was. Oh, it was the cocaine in Manchester by the Sea. If they haven't snorted all that cocaine, the house wouldn't have burned. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so that is so dumb. That was true. Well, I hadn't quit drinking ideas. yet either, so I was just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> it's alcohol's fault. It's everybody else's fault. <laughs> let's try. So let's have a project about how everything. Is someone else's fault? <laughs> it's a great idea, Grace. <laughs> I also like. Thanks for enabling held. me, everybody. Yay! All eleven likes. All eleven on likes. The list. We had a couple, a couple loyal followers who would comment and be like, "I like this one." Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, it was you. Yeah. Eric's always, Eric has always Eric? been so supportive. He's such a good friend. Eric, yeah. Eric. Oh God, Eric's the best friend. <laughs> oh, so good at being a friend. Um. Yeah. So, Jeff. So, Jeff. So why, do why don't we get to the? Yeah. Let's get to the song. I think song. we've all covered our. Yeah. Our I think interests. a thirty-minute intro is long enough. That's a low ball. <laughs> so it, that's indulgent enough. Yeah. I mean, listen. It's a Patreon special. It's uh, Patreon specials are always inherently they're a hangout episode. You never see like like a hangout movie. It's like the dazed and confused equivalent to a pod to our <laughs> podcast. Like we're just chilling uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, for and sure. and just like when anybody's chilling, they make a google document with 235 <laughs> songs uh and pick one, one to talk about and then they're like oh quick pick a number between one and 235 go uh well who- that like honestly like would be a high school party though and then it'd be like wrong number drink i don't know uh well so who's gonna do the random number generating i can do it's it it's one and 235 right yeah eric said he can do it i think he has a number generator pulled <gasps> up and then yeah, we can I think you have we can count them down so what's the number 225 35 235 yeah so many fucking songs yeah it's a lot of jeff songs and again it's like not even all of like he plays and uh, and like other bands it's insane also i guess worth mentioning like a reason we're doing this is because jeff rosenstock is um a big fan and i think collaborator of adam schlesinger's and he contributed to the saving for a custom van tribute album which i just got our vinyl records of p.s or or hold pause for excitement because the first one has skippies because it got sent to my wrong address (sighs) and left out in the back um, like mail room for a couple days and I'm scared it got cold and warped it. So I'm going to test all the albums to be determined. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Potentially devastating news. Okay. Okay. We will uh, um, all be holding our breath waiting for updates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll uh, Instagram live it when I find out. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that is a good thing to point out is that Jeff uh, is obviously a big fan of Wayne and uh and it's that song isn't just on the comp please don't rock me tonight the uh Jeff cover of the 
Wade's song. It's also on Jeff's 2020 dump, which he, the original songs. That's also a thing I should say on the document. Sometimes Jeff or a Jeff project is appears on a project like as a split or in a compilation with other stuff. And in that case, I took all covers out. So we don't have to like talk about mm. Jeff covering another artist. So yeah, cool. I, the so- original songs from the 2020 dump are on here, but like his cover of please don't rock me tonight. Isn't there. Cause we already talked about it on uh, another episode of the show. So, Oh word. Yeah. Um, cool. So just a good, just a thing to know, but he lo- apparently loves Wayne enough to include them on that project, uh, which is the first thing on his band camp, I think right now, or maybe it's Scott dream now, but, uh, okay, so Eric has the number generator pulled out. Someone count down because I can't do that. Uh, Grace, you want ping pong? Sure. Yeah. Okay, ready? Uh, rude. I feel like we should count down from 10 because there's so many songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're Okay, ready? 10. 9. 8. 7. 6. 5. 4. 3. Wait, are you tapping the whole time? Eric, Eric, he's it's his first time. Everybody, please understand. I am lost. In in order to do the random number, so you have a random number generator pulled up, right? Yeah. Okay, great, perfect. Just keep. You have to smash the button the whole time. So oh, just, until yeah. you hit yeah. zero. Until we hit. zero. I was just enthralled with both of your ping, <laughs> literal ping ponging of back and forth. I I I obviously listen to the show. I hear what is happening. It is like a whole nother level to see it happen wild i will say it's different every time we usually don't mime having uh ping pong uh rackets that's an, oh really that's, a that's thing just too outlandish right, right. <laughs> yeah everyone's seeing it and enjoying it with us um we're yeah we're playing a little game of ping pong um okay so yeah okay, well, smash that, that, that button smash it smash and that like button until we get to until we get to one right is that what we, what we do on the show yeah. five four three yeah. two i'll just i'll one? wing it you guys don't have one. to know yeah, one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, what? we're chill. We're chill. We're chill. We're cool. We're chill. Right, right, it's right, fine. Right, Do right, it right, however. Right. Do it whatever you feel. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Eric's smashing, and we'll start again. Grace, you take ten this time. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. 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 142. Where could that be? I have no idea. Okay, let's parse through the document. <laughs> Time to spelunk through the document. Uh, it- oh my god, do we have to fucking physically count? I'm gonna kill you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it actually shouldn't be... Uh, no, it's gonna be pretty hard. It's like dead it's literally, yeah, it could okay. not be worse. Uh, what- I have to like round up. Okay, wait, wait, 13. what's the number again? 124? 142. 142. Okay, I'm I just putting that, that in the document so that we know... Uh, what it is okay yeah we have to we have to manually count because there was i copied and pasted these off of wikipedia and they oh you guys oh no oh oh you guys <gasps> one is it a really I... okay okay so we just so we just did that plus 12 right so yeah remind me what's our number again that we're at we're okay but grace what's the number on the calculator 135 okay so i'm gonna count them 136 137 138 139 140, 140, 1, 142, which is where we're stopping, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to make a guess based on your reaction. <gasps> okay. Which is, it's... if I can remember the name of the song, is. Uh, uh, oh my God, I'm the worst. Don't everyone listen to me. Uh, wave goodnight to me. 
Okay, so really close. We're lucky in that we're on worry. Thank God. Which I is can why we talk about the song. Which is why I got excited. However, Whoa. of all the songs, we got track seven, Pietro, 60 years old, which is a 38-second song. It's a 38-second song that intros I did something weird last night. So do we just talk about Pietro, or do we also bundle in I did something weird last night? Ooh, They're kind of like I'm little hoping. companion guys. Uh, I'm open to that. Um, I think I would allow it, just because Pietro acts as an introduction, and if we isolate it just to Pietro, it's going to be really hard to talk about, I think. Okay. So do we want to do Pietro into I did something weird last night, or is that cheating, or should we just stick to Pietro? Well, I... I... Definitely have something to talk about, obviously, if we do. I did something weird last night. I, I have no conversation around Pietro. <laughs> well, we're going to listen to it. So we don't, we're going to be ready to, to go with, uh, with, with content and, uh, and takes. Um, God, if it was one more, we just would have. I did something weird last night. I say we bundle it. We want to. Yeah, whatever. There's no reason not we, we make the rules. We make the rules. Who's yeah, going to tell us exactly. no? Yeah, who's going to tell us no? Who's gonna tell us now? This is a this is a god cast. Yeah, yeah. So we, we are the and gods. You know, it's, our, it's our first episode of Fountains of Jeff, so it makes sense to do a ceremonial double episode. Double meaning two yes. songs. So we're launching strong, banging out two. I think it's the only way to get through his discography in not <laughs> yeah, honestly, two years. at a time. In not sixty years. Yeah. We're gonna release episodes twice a week. <laughs> um okay, cool. So let's I guess take a quick pause so we can listen to Pietro uh into I Did Something Weird last night. Which is the first song Grace ever heard from Jeff that we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's actually crazy and wonderful. Terrible. A terrible rendition. Welcome, welcome. Pietro, 60 years old, I guess. We should start in chronological order. We we should start there. And I also, I just want to highlight how lucky we are that we get to talk about anything off of worry. Because like we were saying, I think it is like, as of now, kind of the peak of Jeff. Like just listening to those two songs back to back just now, I was like, God, I cannot, every time I hear any song off of worry, I can't believe how good it is. I mean, that album captures a like mood and a feeling and a moment in history and time in a way that like nothing else does i think it will endure that way like it feels very 2016 it feels very anxious about the world and specifically about new york city in 2016 2015 2016 era but the songs are still super i think uh relatable and kind of um you know uh relevant uh, so I don't know. I just I, it's such a miracle of an album. Yeah, I I mean as a society we kind of never moved on from like the 2016 worst year ever mentality. Like it's been a steady decline ever since. Like we help. trolled ourselves and clowned ourselves time and time again. So maybe we just uh, never stopped relating to it. That could be. I mean, part of it too is like I don't even look at that album as like a 2016 world event time capsule i look at it at like a 2016 my lifetime capsule borderline <laughs> yes, worse also that. um but like i don't know like that album stuck with me in such a way because that was also my first real exposure to jeff not counting bomb 
that was my first exposure and that album holds like such a little place in my little place huge place like it's my entire heart is that yeah yeah i mean same that's the one that that was my gateway jeff same. and i spent an entire summer listening to that album in an apartment with no air conditioning <laughs> uh <laughs> in jersey city which is new york metro area going into new york all that, you know uh and just being like god this album hits like in a way that nothing else does it's just because it's it's all the things that are so great about Jeff distilled into one thing. It's raw. It's vulnerable. Like you said, Grace, it's kind of like gross and messy and just like – I mean, Jeff is a raw nerve of a songwriter. Every song he makes is like an expression of a screaming interior soul. Like there's just mm-hmm. like – every song is a desperate cry for something or a, a – even if it's a happy song, you know, like even the happy songs are like so intense because there were such raw feelings. There's no like too cool mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, aloofness to Jeff. Yeah. It's all. And there's no wrong time, the time to just say, fuck you. Jeff packs so much like philosophy and politic into these really personal stories. I know you and me, Tyler, talk all the time about how he is like this like successful sort of like sociopolitical songwriter. Like he like does some activism in his lyrics, but it's all very like wrapped in these really like personal easy to relate to stories or portraits of just like people going the fuck through it. And like, like I think Pietro 60 years old is a good example of that because if I'm being fully transparent, like just listening to it now and looking at the lyrics, I'm like, I do not 1000% know like what this song is about, like firmly concretely, but like there is a political like, like tension to it. There is like, an actual chill to it like there is a mood to it and an emotion to it that is undeniable that i like understand and relate to and that's like if you look there's like only one line held out to me or stood out to me in pietro and i make no sense of it it means nothing to me but in the way that you were just saying how everything he puts out is like this subtle little minor like political everything revolution is (laughs) <laughs> the the one quote that stood out to me in the whole, like you know in the five lines of the song um is they'll feed us directives in some language that we don't know and we don't have to mm-hmm. know which i don't i can't tell who it's a dig at personally no that's for you guys you guys are the song people i'm the normie here well you said you you can't tell who it's who, what it's what so i can't tell if it's like did you say I, a dig kind of yeah because like i had like a conversation brought to me at work today of being like i'm gonna sound like a bigot it's like yeah you are like alrighty, like you didn't have to say the Don't rest of your sentence way. but like you do and so i can't tell obviously coming from jeff i don't think it's this way but it's like they'll feed us directives in some language we don't know it's like okay well brooklyn not everyone speaks english it's you know there's every language spoken there um so I can't. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't no, no, no. Like, yeah. It, I mean, if we take it like sort of like literally for what it is, it's like, um, it's like it's kind of like a riot. It's like we don't understand the language that like people expect us to speak, and maybe is like the primary language of the country or whatever the fuck or quote you know quote unquote. Um, but like 
we don't have to know. Fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to communicate with you. You know, like it, it, there is something kind of like, I don't know, like rebellious about it. I have a whole interpretation here that's, I think, quite okay, different sweet. than what you're proposing, which I want to go through. So the first thing I want to do is just read through the lyrics because there aren't many of them. Like we said, this is like a 38 second song or something. And the whole lyrics are Pietro, 60 years old. Will you wait for me? Keep me warm in the cold. Will you stay with me in Brooklyn Heights where the city clerks lines moving slow, slow, slow. They'll feed us directives and some language that we don't know and we don't have to know. Now, I did look just kind of like through archival materials to see if Jeff has ever spoken about this song in an interview, which I thought would be pretty unlikely because it's such a quick song. And then it goes into uh, I Did Something Weird Last Night, which is this kind of like landmark moment for the record. Um, But he has this quote where the interviewer was asking like about what state of mind he writes best in. Uh, and Jeff said, quote, I have the easiest time writing when something's going wrong in my life, at least when it comes to lyrics, which actually on this record, I tried to write less that way and had a hard time coming up with stuff. With I Did Something Weird Last Night and Pietro 60 Years Old, I was just feeling good when I wrote them and wanted to write about something happy. Same with June 21st. But for the most part, I write most naturally when I'm just face down on my bed, bummed out, and the world <laughs> seems to be a total mess and I don't know what to do. Um, and I definitely feel the happier or more optimistic strokes in Pietro, 60 years old. And what it appear, appears to me to be about is the experience you have sometimes when you're in Brooklyn or New York or any city with a population of uh, people who speak different languages. And you go somewhere like a restaurant or a deli or even like a nightclub and you're waiting in line uh, like they're describing here. And somebody is, like, ushering you around, you know? Like, in this case, it's directive. So maybe somebody's saying, like, hey, go up there, go make a left. Or, like, come up here, I'll take your order. And there's this, like, human experience of waiting in line to, like, pick up food from a deli where, like, the people making you, you know, it's Brooklyn Heights, so, like, probably falafel or, like, shawarma or something. Um, I was just in Brooklyn Heights with uh, Claire, and they have a... um, uh, really uh, centralized, like, Middle Eastern area with all these, like, Yemeni restaurants and Syrian restaurants, and uh, I am uh, of, of partial Syrian heritage, uh, and so we were just, like, living, being mm-hmm. in these places, like, eating hummus and pita and yeah. stuff, and, like, the people at the stores. And so when I listened to this, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, Pietro probably is, like, just some guy, some old-school uh, yeah. Brooklyn guy, probably immigrated here, doesn't speak much English. But when you have an interaction with Pietro, it doesn't matter if you don't speak English. You're just having this, like, one kind of little <laughs> paths are crossing yeah. moment, and then He's just like, you're going to move on. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, they'll feed us directives in some language that we don't know, and we don't have to know. And I think that's like, yeah. I don't know, I think it's a really kind of beautiful yeah. poetic lyric. And to <laughs> get the insight from that article... Uh, that he wrote it when he was happy, which is rare for Jeff. I think it's a happy sentiment. I think it's a happy song. Okay, yeah. I'd like to believe so. Wow. I want to be proven wrong. No, yeah. I mean, like, I truly had, like, no idea. I was like, I do, I'm not, I flat don't know what this is about. So, um, that's lovely. I had never really thought about it, but, you know, now that we have been challenged by literal fate, I was like, okay, I'm gonna just see if I can really kind of dig. And just, I'm, it just happened to be in Brooklyn Heights like two weeks ago. So I was like, yeah, I think I I kind of get what's going on here. Really immersed. Um, Yeah. And then, so, and this, every song on 
uh, worry is like structured in a way that they segue really, really strongly and naturally into the next song. And this is no exception. This goes right into I Did Something Weird Last Night, um, which is just this like, <laughs> you know, banger of a song. Uh... At least uh, for the first while that I listened to Worry, I Did Something Weird Last Night definitely stood out to me in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we can get into why a little bit later on once we kind of dig more in but like it's for for like kind of like a mid-album song it goes a little bit harder than it should Mm -hmm. but it has Mm -hmm. to like you've already proven your point we're here we're invested we're gonna be here till the end yeah yeah why'd you do this right and especially coming off like the gentleness like there's this kind of like reprieve this little breath with pietro you know um and here we are like pretty much dead center in the album and yeah this song has so much passion and energy and life and it's funny that you know he mentioned it in that article as something he wrote when he was happy because i think it's like so much about anxiety uh in the way that like many 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 jeff songs are Mm -hmm. about uh, but, like, it's about this, like, giddy version of anxiety of, like, maybe a person likes me and I think I like them too and, like, oh, shit, like, I don't really know, though, and just, like, think about it over and over again and replay moments and, like, vignettes in your head mm-hmm. on loop. Uh, it's this, like, incredibly interior, relatable sensation. Yeah, that, like, it's about having a fucking crush. It's about having a little yeah. fucking crush and, like, being and- a hot mess and, like, yeah. Just, like, the fact that it's been brought to our attention that this is a happy song, like, blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Just from, like, listening to it ten times just now, I'm like, I was in the shoes of, like, you know, you're you're with someone new and you, like, you don't know. Like, did I scare them away? Was I a little too harsh? Like, are they going to be thinking about me? Is it weird that I'm thinking about them? Like, I was in that as well, you know, even with, with my fiancé. Like, this song is very similar to, like, kind of how we started so i'm in the song's shoes already mm-hmm. um and i was going through this horrible turmoil of anxiety of like oh my god did i scare her away oh my god was i too strong like oh my god this is awful why did i even do this and that's why this is such a good yeah. song is because like this is such a universal experience especially with people who like overthink things especially for people who have anxious tendencies um and jeff is this like spokesperson for people with anxiety who like makes the inner monologue outward and is like the king of messy vulnerability um and he just like says these things out loud that you're like oh my god i've never heard somebody articulate that that way but i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's all the worst parts of having a crush listen and he's like i was happy when i wrote this (laughs) which is because i had a little flutter in my heart but the rest of me was just like gripped in tension and i like still can't see it like reading this through a happy lens like doesn't compute it's only scary anxiety life is awful it's like looking at some of these lyrics too like this is just a a monologue like a monologue you'd use to audition for a play (laughs) or like even or maybe like the chorus of like a pop song like in a way like listen to these lyrics taken out of context quote i hope that i'm not reading into this too much it's a kiss i hope that i'm not reading into this too much it's a kiss but is there someone thinking of me when I'm feeling alone and I'm spending weekends staring at the wall? If there's someone thinking of you when you're feeling alone, how can that compare to nothing nice at all? It's just like so good. It's just so good. 
It's so sweet. Even And then there's like these little simple moments, like the lyric, the isolated lyric, I hope that we feel the same. Yeah. Like, it, do, it, it does so much with so little. I hope that we feel the same. And isn't Literally that the thing tickles. when you have a crush with somebody? Yeah, it chills. Like, yeah. when you have a crush on somebody, you just sit around. You know, when I had a crush on Claire, and now I know that Claire had a crush on me. But, like, for a few weeks there, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, and we were standing around, and both of us were like, wow, I hope that they feel the same way. And if you get so lucky, then, like, uh, you find the person who has a crush on you when you have a crush on them. But <laughs> you do have, like, weeks or months or years of wondering. It's just, like, unbearable. Yeah, it's awful. It's truly like the worst thing in the world. And yeah. like, hopefully it works out. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe not. And I do have a connection I want to make here in terms of like, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't work out. Um, in the more recent Jeff song, because this one's from uh, uh, from Worry. So 20... It worries 2016. 20, 2016, yeah. Um, then uh, No Dream came out in 2020, uh, notoriously. <laughs> and, no, notoriously. And... Uh, no, notoriously, all caps. And there's a song, Leave It in the Sun. Uh, and when you think about the lyrical elements of I did something weird last night, and then you look at this little verse, which goes, quote, if you knew that I was, oops, sorry, that goes, quote, if you knew that I think about you every single day, would it make you feel like I'm too much for you? Or would you kind of want to say, you don't have to feel that way. I've been trying not to think about you too. Which is Jeff a couple years later having this opposite sensation of two people who have had this messy history and are now, rather than sitting around wondering if they're thinking about each other, are just actively trying not to think about each other. Which, you know, I don't know if it's about the same person or whatever, but... Uh, the lyrics are similar in kind of language. Yeah. Well, it's like everything that he writes, as the kind of we mentioned earlier, and this is probably every artist, and I'm reading too much into it because I'm in love with Jeff Rosenstock, but like he paints such detailed and perfect stories in every song, and this way that like I get little music videos in my head every single time I listen to every one of these songs. Yeah. And I don't really get that with other artists. And that could just be me, again, reading a lot into an album that I kind of discovered for the first time going through something, like, not great. And so it's held on to me in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that's the, the first note that I wrote here is, like, clear images coming through every single time I listen to this song specifically and any Jeff song in any way shape or form which is almost why i don't like any of his music videos because it's like this isn't what i thought yeah i don't like it it's like when they make the book in the movie you're like this is fucking terrible you're like no 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 stop i already did it for you you're supposed to have green eyes why are you not yeah you've completely infringed on my intellectual property um yeah i mean this song is just so and you know it's about like all this stuff but also has that kind of like uh i don't know it's not like doesn't have those like gross elements but it does have those like he's describing vividly making out with somebody in a van on a long car drive and there's something like very private about that like it's not really something you like say out loud to other people your friends the next day maybe maybe, you know you do tyler if you're not a friend you do (laughs) (laughs) tyler's a gentleman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am a chronic over Yeah, me and Eric are... Like, <laughs> you and Eric kiss and tell. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we, We're not gentlemen. We tell before we kiss. We're like, hey, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, kiss. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna kiss I'm gonna kiss you. I'm gonna kiss you. What? Yeah. 
And then it happens. Uh, and they're like, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I was introduced to this song when I was living in Northampton in 2016 at the peak of my alcoholism. And this is like a piece of shit's anthem. Like, honestly, like I just felt so seen by this song. Like there's a lot more going on than that, obviously. But the beginning, the upfront verse, I arrived drenched in morning light and it churned my guts unless I closed my eyes, made it up the stairs to the bed inside without puking up a fantastic time. So this was like super easy to relate to as somebody who drank like 12 cores lights a night and like uh, like didn't I like uh, really wanted to be uh, slutty but like was too much of a romantic and like actually didn't like it so like would fuck people and then like project that I loved them and like be like maybe I could love you even though I don't enjoy your company and like I'm you, you were bad um we could work through this because I'm desperately alone and all I have is my 12 cores lights um so yeah, like I feel like I was yeah constantly being like, I wonder if that person who treats me like shit and doesn't care about me for sure cares about me and is thinking about me because maybe we could make something work because loneliness. Um, so I was like the perfect audience for this song. Like I'm who the song was being marketed to, if it were. It really found you. Yeah, it yeah. It really found well, you. Well, it was really forced down my throat by Josh, so... Uh, with a bunch of Hopalong right. songs. Like, I think he, like, showed me a bunch of Hopalong songs and then also this song. And so it really stood out because it was not a Hopalong song. I mean, I love Hopalong we have as well, s- but anyways. Can, can we have a side note uh, just to say that when I discovered Jeff and I was, like, so excited. I was that summer and I remember Josh got home that day and I had listened to Worry for the first time front to back. And I was like, and we all showed each other music, like, exciting music as soon as we found it and had this, like, constant mm-hmm. kind of, like... You know, I found this, I found this, I found this. And I was like, yeah, like, I was just like, yeah, I found this band, like freaking out. And I put on Worry and I put on the first few seconds of the first song. I guess Josh had like a weird day at work and he was sitting there and he was really skeptical until like kind of the <laughs> song breaks down toward the end. And in the beginning part of the song, he was like, mm, he just kept naming things that it sounded like to prove that it wasn't original, uh, like 15 seconds of the song. And it was in We Beg to Explode. And I remember he just goes, hmm. Sunny in the sunsets. It's just sunny in the sunsets. And I was like, it's not <laughs> sunny in the like shut yeah, up, Josh. Yeah, and wow. then the rest of the song came and he was like, Oh, oh no, that was actually that was that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I've heard anything like that. <laughs> uh, and then like a week later it was like all we were listening the, to. <laughs> the only the uh, only preparation I did for this was I wrote down my first song, my current favorite, my anthem, and my most played, and my most played in lifetime, and my most played in lifetime is definitely We Beg to Explode. Oh my god, probably. But me like too. now, like Eric too. was saying, kind of can't listen to it. A because I played it too much and B because like now all that shit is happening and like we are about to be 30 and so it's like, oh, this used to be like, oh my god, the future is someday. Like that'll happen someday. Oh my god, that's such oh my god. I miss my friends sometimes and now it's like, oh fuck, like damn, I'd be getting wedding invites. <laughs> Yeah, and the whole yeah, that whole song is like, yeah, my friends are getting yep. married. And uh, life is and weird, and then... getting divorced, and life is crazy, and wow, and damn, uh, and here damn, we are with if like it a isn't thousand... happening, and <laughs> it will forever until it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, three weddings this year alone. Yeah, all of which we're all involved in. <laughs> yeah, we're all like actively <laughs> yeah, involved. I have in. four. Like I have three four. years well, ago, we three. were like, I just, I just crossed one out. Um, welcome from Chicago. I'm not there. Cool. 
I mean, do we have anything else to, to say here? I think we, we've covered pretty much all the ground that we wanted to. I, we should also just say, because we've been talking a lot about the lyrics, it's an incredibly catchy song. Yeah. Jeff's an amazing songwriter. If you listen to it once, it'll be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. And I want to highlight just, like, one more lyric that, like, makes my soul scream. And it is just the lyric that repeats a few times in the song. Because nothing intangible oh. remains sustainable. What? Yes. what? Like, yeah. oh, you're just going to sneak that into this song about, like, making out with somebody in a van? Like, Jeff, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's, yes. Ah, just, and like, it's like, crazy. Part of it is, like, this is an incredibly catchy song. Um, something that I note, especially listening to that playlist and seeing Jeff multiple times and all of that, is, like, Jeff's songs... Jeff likes to write fast songs. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's it's like in nature. Yeah. You listen to Worry or you listen to like No Dream and like there are songs that are they're they're normal speed. They're not Mid-tempo. super fast, whatever. But then you see him play them live and they're like out of control. Like you cannot keep up and it's too much. <laughs> and that's something that this song in particular like Tyler and I in, a couple years ago saw Jeff's tour where he played Worry front to back live, which was such an experience so good it was the it's end crazy. he like on stage and he was like these three shows i'm doing are the end of the worry era before the next thing it was like right before the new year and he was like we're gonna play through worry and then they played for like another hour and a half just like playing That's other stuff insane it was amazing worry front to back was an experience <sighs> and like part of it's like songs like this like it's already really good and like singing it in a crowd of people that are already relating to it in the exact same way like the last time the last time we saw jeff uh, in brooklyn like like me and tyler and like everything like we hold hands and we're like you know hugging each other and like these special songs but, like jeff songs are jeff shows are also the only place i do that with strangers mm-hmm. yeah you just grab strangers and you're like you feel bad in the same yeah. way i feel bad and that's why we like jeff rosenstock together holding strangers and screaming and sweating on top of each other it's the it's the jeff magic yes um also comparable to this song freaking you out by antarctica vespucci from his project with chris mm. farron similar Absolutely. in like the seductive infectious fucking like stuck in your head forever so fun so upbeat so fast and then it's like secretly just about all the anxieties accompanying trying to like be a social person trying to be an in love person trying to like get something for yourself <laughs> um and i uh, fun fact about freaking you out by Antarctica Vespucci is that I got dumped in my car listening to that song about being worried you're freaking someone out who you're just starting to see. So like, check please. And um, I tweeted about it and Chris Farron responded. I should have pulled it up for the occasion. And like, I'm too, I'm too much of a Luddite to like be able to go back that far on Twitter. But it's kind of wild that Jeff reads you to filth so often. I think I was, I think I was just like, yeah, Eric definitely like observed Chris Farron like responding to that tweet I and retweeted the did, shit out of it. I forget what he said. It was something I was like, what? I don't know. Like, I got, is this right? Like, am I doing it right? I got broken up with listening to freaking up. I don't know what the fuck I said, but he was like, yes, like, yeah, like condoned behavior <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. To be like, yes. Getting broken up with, listening to my music, hooray! Like uh, I forget. 
Eric, do you remember? I'm trying to think. Would you um, be able to pull it up? Do you have the skills? Um, I must have like screenshot it at, a million at years the ago. time because found it. Oh my god. Um, so- <laughs> I'm like literally just like I'm like T W I like that's how far I got. <laughs> so you tweeted at Chris Farron, freaking you out was a soundtrack to me being dumped in my Volvo 240. It'll be I'll be hotly anticipating my cut of the royalties. Oh, oh six. To which six. he responded completely in the other direction wait no this means you owe me royalties (laughs) (laughs) to which you responded to him ouch when it rains it pours (laughs) (laughs) that's a great twitter exchange wow i really downplayed it that's like best case scenario thank you chris (laughs) not to take the spotlight off grace like i did in 2019 when she got mad i was in more internet famous than her um i also (laughs) i also have chris farren's name tattooed on my body which is a whole nother thing maybe the next special yeah we should go into that whole thing and uh we will tell the story of when uh we met i don't know if it's the first time we met because you if you go to a jeff show chances are you'll bump into him we've met him many times many times yeah uh but you asked him uh if what tattoo you could get to like commemorate him and his work and his response uh was priceless so we we should we should let's let's tease that we'll save that for our, our <laughs> okay. next episode wait our what uh, that, are, that is there our next episode yeah our next episode of fountains of jeff the next time we oh do it you think this is a one-off Tyler, this is not a one I'm and done grace <laughs> I'm not Wonder saying why. we have to get through a hundred zillion songs, but you know, every couple of months, I think uh, the Wayne Jeff crossover fandom needs this content brought to their ears. It's only right. It's only fair. Okay, maybe it's the only justice in the world. Also, if you guys want to keep an executive producer, <laughs> right? This is Eric's. Is this is one uh, his fine print? Yes. Absolutely. Um, speaking of, uh, uh, I don't actually have a natural segue here, but we should pre- just get into bad ideas, I think, because I know Eric had one he's excited about. So because he's the guest, I think he should share his idea first. Yeah. So um, I'll open it a little bit with every time I listen to Fountains of Spleen, every single time you guys have a guest and you guys go like, okay, what's your bad idea? I think and I'm like, oh, shit, if I was on the show, what would my bad idea would be? And I'm horrible on the spot. So I thought of this bad idea two months ago <laughs> and wrote it down in anticipation because I'm like, one day it's going to come in handy and I'm going to need yeah. it. So let me articulate this the best way I can in one sentence. Yeah. Um, is everyone here familiar with Grinder and Scruff? Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. I want to hook up with someone on Grinder or Scruff, except um, when they, you know, I say, oh, I can host, except I'm not telling them that I do live with my parents and <laughs> that now it's their problem too. <laughs> so I want to host Grinder and Scruff dates, not tell people I live with my parents. Disclaimer, I do not live with my parents. I'd be going back to one of my parents' houses for this. Yeah, You'd be yeah, leaving yeah, yeah, your yeah. apartment where you live with your fiance to, <laughs> to live with your parents one night only for a hookup on grinder scruff you were like listen this is how it all started and i gotta go back to my roots uh <laughs> i'm most comfortable here i'm most sexually free most myself my hall pass is a grinder scruff hookup at my parents house yeah <laughs> you're like come on in come on in my, my dad's making pizza rolls really. <laughs> That is I love that bad idea. A, That's the worst idea. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Thank you so much. 
I do the best I can. Grace, you got one? Um, let me see. I'm just going to make an observation that one of my children is being very bad right now because he's licking his belly bald. Oh. And I should specify that he's not a child and he's a cat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> note, Eric does not have children. He only has cats. <laughs> and he's he's licked his belly bald and we don't know why. And his vets say, mm, that's fine. He probably has anxiety, which is probably from me and his mother. So. Everything Inherited. comes from I know. somewhere. Truly in the family. Um, I have one if you're still pulling it oh, up, Grace. Oh, by all means. Um, are we familiar with the somewhat popular video game franchise Cooking Mama? Absolutely. Um, Grace, is that like you know Diner Mama? Dash? No. No, Grace. What a, it's a, Hold thy it's, tongue. It's a game? It's a, it's a, or sorry, bite, bite your tongue. It's a, a game. It's a game. You're in the right direction. It's a computer. Um, it's not like Diner Dash. Okay. It's a like a Nintendo DS franchise. It, st- it started as a DS game. It's been on a few consoles and it's stuff. It's been on the Wii. Since. It's been on the Wii. There's a new one, I think, for the Switch. It's been overshadowed by Overcooked. Which is a shame, because Cooking Mama was there cooking first. Mama. It's a game where, like, Cooking Mama, she's the mama, <laughs> and she teaches you how to cook various dishes. Gendered. And super you gendered. Just... We love it. Off to an super amazing gen- This was a game. This was like Nintendo in the early 2000s where they were like, hmm. How do we appeal to a female audience? Oh, we'll make a, a game where we let them play with puppies yeah. and cook what food. Because they won't get the mind games. Like, That's too hard. What are little girls hard. like? Ah, oh, they like cooking for themselves. Yeah, cooking is all little girls. Yeah, them for life. <laughs> Fucking. So this is where Cooking Mama and also Nintendo Dogs came oh, from. Wow. Uh, and well, Nintendo Dogs was come a, a long time, way, time but... for sure. Oh, I loved Nintendo yeah. Dogs. No, no shade. I also loved Cooking Mama. I'm not gonna. I had it for DS and yeah. Wii. I didn't have Nintendo Dogs, but I had friends with Nintendo Dogs, and that was sick. Um. So my bad idea is. So it's a game where uh you learn how to cook various dishes, and Cooking Mama helps you make them. Um. I think we should make a gritty film adaptation of Cooking Mama, which is a really bright, cute, colorful game. Uh all grayscale raining all the time um and just go like three and a half hours really really depressing like cooking mama by way of lars von Schrar. <laughs> cooking noir cooking noir <laughs> and that's my bad idea and also spider-man and also spider-man <laughs> Um, my bad idea is stolen from Ryan, I think. I wrote parentheses Ryan next to it, so that's what I'm led to believe by past me. Uh, and it's simply makeup for babies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Untapped market! Get the makeup on the babies! There are babies with wallets the size of their heads. Honestly, it's not a terrible idea. If you start to a trend there, then everybody would have to do if it to keep up. If Kourtney Kardashian nope. put makeup for babies on Mason, everyone would be doing it. Yeah, I think that's true, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, you're fucking right. <laughs> oh. I mean, isn't that essentially toddlers and tiaras? In a way, yeah, I, yeah. I guess, but, like, but yeah, do younger. they use? Yeah, is there special baby makeup? <laughs> is There's it? Is it special baby makeup? It like, it's just makeup. It's just, I think, I think it's just, just put makeup. Yeah, cool. Well, that's like, I don't think there needs to be a difference. But no. I mean, like yeah, I literal babies, like, we, like right out, like one month uh, old, infants. like right away, like gets. It's probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, that baby needs some eyeliner. He's looking crusty. 
<laughs> that baby needs, oh my God, smearing. Get some lip liner on that baby. <laughs> that baby skin, get that baby some foundation. The skin looks so Make cold. It pop. Do that you have any Glossier Lid face. Star? Do you have any Lid Star? You don't? You don't have it in oh your purse? God. What kind of mother are you? Glossier uh... makeup for babies. Glossier. I'll give it to you. You guys can have it. Yeah, that's a freebie for them. Um, and now you can finally collect royalties since you're yes. already in debt from your Chris Farron royalties. Yeah, so I just keep giving people golden ideas. That's all this podcast is. So other people can get rich off our schemes. Yeah, while we sit around. And, we're, uh, we're too lazy and, to make and... them. We're too fucking... <laughs> The one idea we went through with was the Fountains of Wayne yeah. podcast. Good idea, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the one. That's the moneymaker. I mean, it really is so far. Of yeah, all the no. ideas. It's sad to make anything else. <laughs> but uh, but this that's one, why Fountains of Jeff is a potential perfect fit. <laughs> uh, so true. What's the, what's the other lyric in... Uh, in this one that you just reminded me of. Um, uh, is, hope is a scheme. Ah! Quote, hope is a scheme. Is a Will s- I ever see you again? Hope is a scheme. Classic Jeff. Um, Classic Jeff. Also, did I creep you out like a scary movie? <laughs> so it's just like, oh, it's so, it's so little and big at the same time. Like, it's yeah. naive and profound and uh good and true it's just like yeah. raw and true mm-hmm. like every moment on this album is just like it's like the album is grabbing you by the shoulders and shaking you and being like listen to me i am having this <laughs> profound emotional experience and i think maybe you can relate to yeah. it yeah now it's your problem too yeah now and now we can share it it's literally the title of the album is a directive worry like you should yeah. you should be yeah, that's why, uh, even that, it's a brilliant thing, because, like, is it, like, worry, like, you're telling somebody, like, hey, you should worry, or is it just an album about the sensation of worry? Yeah. It's, like, all those things at the same time. It's such a fucking smart album in every way. Blah. Oh, I love it. Blah. I love it. And the album art is just, like, somebody holding a camera and smiling, like, dancing at a party with the huge text worry above. It's just, like, so yeah. cool. Well, I'm pretty sure that picture is we from it. Jeff's wedding. Is that what it I'm is? I'm fairly certain he was a guest at Jeff's Wait, wedding. Wait, the, the just, worry like, album cover? I think now I'm concerned. No, I mean, I, I that where sounds true. The, yeah. I feel like you told me. Maybe I knew that and forgot about it. We should, I'm sure he's somebody's asked him in an interview. We should, we should, we'll find it. Next episode, we'll come back. We'll tell the Jeff Tattoo story and we'll talk about the cover of Worry and where it came from. Um, all right. Well, this podcast is now like over an hour and 20 minutes long. So we should probably go. Thank you to our patrons for being our patrons. And thank you uh, for sticking with us in one of our famously low-key, laid-back, hangout Patreon episodes where we cut the form and do other stuff. And that's Even why though we were talking about Jeff Rosen. this one, we really kind of followed the form <laughs> that we normally follow. We did. We followed, But we just went like super long and went on a bunch of tangents. And yeah, I like that we yeah. have a little wiggle room on these You're episodes. You're welcome. Uh, I, You're welcome. They're and a little more wily. Someone who lacks professionalism. Which is, who lacks professionalism? Which is something I look for in... in a, on a professional associate somebody who lacks professionalism yeah, i'm only interested in i'm only interested in working <laughs> with people who are unprofessional absolutely i'm gonna feel massively uncomfortable if everybody wants to have a professional vibe going um yeah not allowed on fountains no no fountains of jeff oh. but on fountains of jeff also yeah because this is a different show um um 
Okay, well, I think that's it. Any closing remarks, anyone? Eric, thanks for being yeah, here. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Thank you to a famous Patreon patron, Eric, who we love. And also famous friend who we love. Famous friend. Famous, amazing friend who supports us in all the shitty stuff we do. Thank you, Eric, for being our rock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Supporting all our ideas, no matter how bad. Yes, so sweet. So sweet of you. No, and no matter how much you dislike the band. <laughs> That's true. We didn't even touch on the fact about how much I do not like Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, uh, Eric and- famously hates Fountains of Wayne, but listens to every episode of our show. And uh, if that's not a good, good friend, I don't know what is. And it's a good segue to say, love you. Love you. Love you. Yay. Yay. Lady Axe out. <laughs>